imagine V for Vendetta is going to a job interview and he's asked, who are you? Who is but the form following the function of what? And what I am is a man in a mask. Oh, I can see that. Of course you can. I'm not questioning your powers of observation. I'm merely remarking upon the paradox of asking a masked man who he is. I have a clear purpose here. Before I leave this interview, I want you to ask yourself one question while staring at my face. What the hell are you? Hello, Ricardo. Hello, Leopold. How are you today? <laughs> Great, amazing. How about you? Good, good. So today we're talking about job interviews. What's that got to do with philosophy and <laughs> ideas on trial? I think there's something that philosophy has to say here, at least from a fundamental perspective. And we were digging a little bit and we found that that there's more than an undisputed idea when it comes to job interviews. We have an undisputed atmosphere, right? It's, and it's filled with yeah. advices and tactics uh, that get recycled over time, right? But now some of them are really good. And I would say some of them are inescapable, like the fact that you have to do research before you go to a job interview. But some are vague, yeah. Like you told me uh, from your research, you saw something related to just be yourself. Like that's too vague, right? Right. Yeah. And even researching the company is a vague task because well, what are you researching? There's lots of things that you can find about the, about the company and there's many ways you can go. Also, one of the things we found is the, the stress on making a first impression. And, yep. you know, I think, I think this is a good idea, but it doesn't provide us with a principle, with a principle that will make us impressive all the time, inside out. And it's like, you don't want to be concerned in an interview with making a first impression. Like that can't be your objective. Yes, I agree with that. Here is the challenge of job interviews, that you don't know the other person. You don't know where he's coming from, his thinking. You don't even know what he actually needs for the interview. I mean, you get an idea from the postulation, from the LinkedIn ad, but you don't know exactly the kind of person he's looking for or the kind of person he has in mind. And yeah. here's the thing interviewers don't often know that, right? They want to discover people. They want to have a conversation with newcomers to find out that. So I think that's the real challenge of interviews. And if you think about it, of any conversation with someone new, like, like a date, the uncertainty of it, the, the expectations you can make, how the actual reality can crush, in a sense, those expectations. Yeah. So today, I think we've formulated together a really cool principle. 
about what would be the number one objective or your number one purpose in an interview. And just to zoom in, I think we are talking to people who are either starting out or they are in their mid-career. We're not talking to top level, for example, CEOs or C-suit level, because it it differs a little bit, even though I think the principle remain the same. And what we will be discussing today, they remain the same. But there's so many different strategies that one can take depending on on their level, right? Yeah, although I think you can turn this strategy the other way around and try to apply it to, you know, get more value from your conducting of the interview. That's right. So we formulated a principle about your number one purpose in an interview. And guess what? It's not to win the job. Your number one purpose in an interview is not to win the job because that's actually not in your control. And there's so many variables. Your number one purpose in an interview is to trigger one expression. And that is, what the hell are you? (laughs) (laughs) That's the number one purpose. What, not who, what the the hell are you? What the hell are you? (laughs) And, uh, you know, we've done some thinking here. And I used to think that, no, your objective should be who, who the hell are you? Right. But now I've come to the conclusion that it's not who, it's rather what. What are you? And what is some somehow a question of, of identity? We're trying to understand what right. you're made of. Of substance, right? Yes, of substance. And I, I guess you can observe this principle in novels and plays. So, for example, a good writer wouldn't tell you actually who the character is. A good writer will show you the characterization through dialogue and action. That's the presentation right, of, a, just, of a character. Right. He wouldn't just describe him, but try to put him in situations that would showcase those qualities, right? Which Absolutely. is the principle of show, don't tell. Yeah, and I think yeah. that that is very important in an interview. Yeah, but and there, let me ask is, you this. Yeah, go ahead. No, go on. No, I, I want to say that also when it comes to, to to a novel, the reader can infer the character and grasp, uh, you know, who the character is from what he says and what he does. That's how we experience characters, and I think the same principle applies to job interviews. That's your that's your purpose, is to bring forth your dialogue and your action so that the interviewer experience who you are. Yeah. So how do we achieve that? I mean, what what is that substance that you are made of and that you should make sure you're working on whenever you go to an interview? Because what I find interesting when researching about this topic and in my own thinking about the topic is that we think of interviews as something in the future and the kind of questions we ask ourselves are directed towards that future what will i say how will i dress yeah what will i respond to that tricky question 
What if he wants to know why I left my previous job? What will I say then? Right? Mm. So those are the mm. kind of questions. And we often prepare ourselves, our preparation, what we do in the present is to try to solve that problem in the future, which is something uh, sure that you must think about, but perhaps it's not the essential. So what, how would you define that? What the hell are you <laughs> that you're made of? Well, I'll let a character define it for us. And the character would be V, V for Vendetta. I'm sure so many of our listeners have seen this classical movie. And it's amazing because V actually gives us a, a brilliant a principle here that we can use. Imagine that V can give us a, a principle to use in an interview, which is, and I'm going to paraphrase from one of his saying, he says, beneath that face or that mask that he's wearing, there's an idea and ideas are bulletproof. And that's really the objective is to showcase what you're made of and what are your ideas? What are your ideas? How you think through, how you think on spot during a meeting? How can you articulate your ideas? How can you express yourself? How can you tell us a story about yourself in relation to the company? And in relation to, to maybe the space around you. So I think this is a very, very important principle. And if you do that, you won't be competing anymore on the level of or against someone's CV. You won't be competing over experience right. and education, even though these are important. But at least in the first interview, you'll be competing on the level that actually you will be working with which is ideas on how you think, yeah. as we said, how you articulate and how you add value to the company. Makes sense? Right. I think it does. Yes. And I find the idea of V doing an interview very interesting because as you said, he's a man in a mask. Yeah. And one of the things we think about whenever we go to an interview is what dress or what shirt should I wear? Mm. Uh, should I make my hair, <laughs> right? Should I make my beard, whatever? I'm sorry, I'm laughing and, uh, because my a friend of mine went to an interview a couple of days ago wearing a jeans and he was fired from the interview just because like he's wearing a jeans. You know? No, and, and, and don't get me wrong. Yeah, I was going to say that, that those things are, are important. Sure, you shouldn't look uh, informal or dirty. You should look nice. You should look your best. But that's the second thing you should think about. Because your clothes, your CV, your experience, if they are, if they are not part of yourself, of that I behind that mask, don't mean any shit. Don't mean anything. Yeah. Because guess what? There's someone who will be better dressed than you in the interview there's going to be someone who will be more handsome than you well it depends on who's listening but at least i know there's someone who's going to be more handsome than me and there's someone who who i don't know who went to yale who went to harvard right and who has his cv more impressive so your competitive edge is 
in what you're doing behind the mask, not in what you project outwards with things like a CV or a participation certificate or your clothes. Would you agree yeah. to that? Yeah, and I guess we're seeing this attitude a lot, specifically, for example, on platforms like LinkedIn, that people are so eager to show their certificate because it's still in our psyche somehow that we have to show the world our, our certification, some proof that we're worthy of a job. And, and don't get me and wrong. And it's good. I, I, think, I mean, that's valuable, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I, I mean, that's valuable. We at our academy, Novel Philosophy Academy, we have that. We provide certificates and all that. But it, it's not about that. It's about why you're putting it out there. So from one sense, we also, uh, you know, recommend that people share their certificate. That's not the problem. The problem is the I that you were talking about. The problem is why you're doing it, why you're putting it out there. And the issue goes down to how actually you got that certificate. So, for example, you can go on one of these platforms and just go through the course in one day and finish the certificate. That's it. And this is why Man, at our not academy, even that. Yeah. Not even that. I, I had a session yesterday on Zoom, a seminar, and I was there for 15 minutes and they didn't accept me. I still got the certificate. <laughs> oh, wow. should I share it on LinkedIn? I mean, <laughs> by by all by all appearances, I went to through that work. Yeah, but that's when you start thinking to yourself: How many people are there out there are sharing something that they haven't learned a thing about? Yeah, and that's what the interviewers wants to know. He doesn't wants to know your credential. He doesn't want to know your you know, what courses you, you took in college. No, he wants someone who's able to face the job and the task in front of him. That's and, it. But, but Ricardo, it's not the fault of the learners because that's how we've been trained, you know, to work, to pass grades, to learn, to share our certificate. That's again, that's part of the common narrative. That's now there's some changes around it, but I, I think so. It's not the issue with the learner. The issue is with the method by which we're telling them why learning is important, right? And this applies right. as well to, to, to job interview. So we came up with a, a, a formula that we're calling the five eyes for a job interview, for a killer job interview. And mm -hmm. the five eyes are, and we're going to talk about them now, they are interview, inject, invite, interrupt, and integrate. So interview, inject, invite, interrupt, that's a good one, and integrate. So let us start with the first one, interview. Yeah. What do you think about that? And what does it mean? Well, it means to, to interview back, which is a strange idea of which we're going to say more, but you are not the only one who's going to be asked all the questions. You should also have questions about the company you're working or you're going to be working on. That's an advice we often find out there. Research yeah. the company, uh, know a little about what they do, how they do it, right? And that's, that's truly important. 
But the key question here is, what is it that we should learn about the company? Mm. Right? Absolutely. It's not Absolutely. necessarily its history. It's not necessarily something chronological, how many warehouses they have. It's not about that, I think, fundamentally. I think what is important is to know what it does in terms of what it stands for. What's the meaning behind their work? Can you well, give me an example? Sure. You come to Amazon and everybody wants to work in Amazon, right? In an administrative position. And you know people who's going there, who has done a little research to guess something about the company. They, they are already immersed in it, right? They know what they are expecting. But your key asset, your key, well, the powerful tool that differentiates you from the rest is that you can integrate what the company does with, with the kind the kind of world that it aims to create, right? Which in yeah. Amazon's, I would put it in terms of a more interconnected world, uh, a world with no boundaries, something like that. I don't know if they have that actual mission, but that's the thing. Getting a sense of the company's mission, of what the company aims to create in the world. Does it make sense? Yeah. So, for example, Amazon, they always talk about like their their cultural mentality is uh, day one. Every day is day one. And I love that. And I think the importance here is that, and we're going to talk about that in Integrate, that you have to understand how to integrate that with your personal values and story. But still, there is no shame in asking. And actually, it's very important to ask, what do you mean by day one? How does that stand for? So, for example, in my case, I, I always loved when people would come to me and ask me, hey, we did some research about Novel Philosophy Academy. We understood this and that. But tell us more and tell us why is it called Novel Philosophy Academy? Like, this is a very simple question about the name. Why, why are you called Nike? I mean, some of the things you can find them online, but some of the names, you know, specifically for new companies, you don't know why they're called what they're called, right? So right. ask them. You also can make the interview, but in a fundamental term, like go to the core, ask them about something that they can resonate with about the name of the company. Because in a sense, if you really think about it, the whole world is an interview. And I think if you look at, if, if you adopt this kind of mentality that the world is a huge and continuous interview, that it's, that it's a constant somehow examination and evaluation of your worth and your abilities and your ability to connect with people. So it's not only about others evaluating you. It's how you're expressing yourself in an interview. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I think that and would give you, you a, show... a good perspective. Yes, and how you show a genuine interest in what you're going to embark on, right? Mm -hmm. So you are not there for a mere procedure. You are there because yeah. you care. And, you, yeah. and that's something you want to make sure that you convey, that you care, that this is important for you and that you take it seriously. Yeah, and I guess this is how you turn 
an interview or you transform an interview from a investigation to a conversation. Now you're having a conversation. It's not a monologue. There's a dialogue happening. Yeah. And the pressure is reduced suddenly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is the first principle, which is the way you put it, interview back. Find alignment between the questions asked and your your own questions. So that's one. I, I also hear just a quick note. I one of the one of the obstacles I usually or the things I usually hear is that people go to a website and see, for example, the company's philosophy or mission and whatever. And they say we are driven by our values of integrity and honesty. Something like that, right? And to me, this is a fantastic opportunity for you to ask for clarification. Ask them, do the interview yourself. Ask them, what does it mean for a tech company like you, for example, to have integrity? And you know what? Often that, that same language is projected, is expressed in the job ad, in the, in the, ad, in the position they're yeah. looking for. They, they say, we're looking for someone with integrity, with responsibility, or who is committed to a goal setting, goal achieving, right? What do they mean by that? If, if you go there, you can make it a point of, these are my qualifications, but I'm interested to know what do you have in mind when you are referring or when you're looking for someone who is committed to yeah. goal setting? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Or a What's your image of that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that would be the first one. And we're intending to write a blog post about that. So we're going to put a link in the show note and direct you to our website. And maybe we can see something. You can see more details over there. So that's one. The second one. So interview. The second one is inject. And yeah. quickly, I would say uh, that... This is the idea of, so inject basically yourself in the mind of the interviewer. And this somehow summarizes the whole idea of what the hell are you? But also, I think there's an important principle here, which is to, to formulate some kind of a power line, some kind of a phrase so simple that they can remember and so thoughtful that they can resonate with. And that phrase can be your motto, can be something related to you and the company, can be just a, just a powerful line that they can remember about you. So, so for example, yours? instead of... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to reveal it now. <laughs> okay. No, but really, if you think about it, I mean, instead of saying something like, I'm, I'm a very motivated and ambitious person and I'm looking forward to find... Everyone is like you that. Know, yeah, I, I want to grow in this company and you don't know anything about this company. You know, I want to grow in this company. Well, say something about your core ideas. Like, for example, to I'm going to just borrow a, a quote from Khalil Gibran, a philosopher and a writer. And he used to say, work is love made visible. So use that or come up with something on your own or use something that already exists and explore it. Like show what do you mean by that. Right. 
And you, you can literally say that's my principle. My principle is or my motto is work is love made visible. That's how I approach. And you explain it. That's how I approach my and then work. You explain it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. absolutely. But yeah, that's something I've noticed when you frame something with a motto, a principle that the other person can know that you thought about suddenly he you, you spark his interest right so yeah. i was reminded of a time that i was in an interview a group interview so think about it i was yeah. with other five people there it was for a an internship and you have to highlight your qualities there in the moment because the other people is around you and guess what they are more handsome than you are yeah. <laughs> and at that moment Uh, someone asked me, so you live abroad for a few years. What did you do there? What did you learn there? And my response to that was, I became a man. Mm, that's beautiful. I became a man, right? Instead of, no, that was my first time working in a full-time position and that's I learned to line. use CRM. No, no. No, <laughs> I yeah. went to say a bit about that, but this is my takeaway, yeah. which is something different, which is something nobody else will tell you. And here are the reasons why. And that yeah, tells it's... you a bit more about what's behind this mask, which is yeah. Ricardo, right? You reminded me of uh, a quote from one of my favorite movies, Coach Carter. And at the end of the movie, he says something like, I don't, I don't remember the words properly, but he says something like, I came here to, to teach students and now, that, now you became man, something like this. Like, I came mm -hmm. here, you were just students, you're just boys, now you are men. And I, I, I love that. And you know what? I want to I wanna drop something even worse than, a, than an F-bomb here in preparation for our upcoming episode. Something, uh, someone once came to my office And when I asked him about themselves, like, what's the most important thing? He said, well, my principle is when I enter an office or I, when I go to work or whatever, I leave my ego off the door. And I told him, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> If you left your ego off the door, what are you doing here? But I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to tease you out to all our listeners because we have an upcoming episode on, the, on that, on, on the idea of the ego. So stay tuned. Yeah. All right. So interview, inject, and then invite. How, how, do you, how do you think of the invitation? So I think this is the point where you really want to make sure that what you're saying is not simply hot air, but something... Mm something memorable that the interviewer can retain and can become interested in. So you're going to invite them to your world. You're going to invite them to, to Leopold's world, to Ricardo's world, to whoever's world, the listener's world. And how do you do that? You do that, I think, by relating everything he's asking you, everything that's coming up from the conversation or everything that you want to mention about your curriculum and your experience to your story, yeah. to your story and 
to your essential character, how you face the obstacle or how you face life in that situation and what what you can now say about it based on those questions and those stories. I guess simply put, the way I get this idea or this pillar invite is simply invite them to your world. And you said that from the beginning, the interviewer wants to learn about you, not just about your skills. And guess what? In half an hour or 15 minutes, he doesn't, he can't validate your skills, at least not in the first interview. And he already has your CV. And by the fact that he called you, he already knows your qualifications. He knows your chronology, right? Exactly. He knows your chronology. So and you reminded me, you know, in, in my life, I've never had a CV. Never. I never, ever had a CV. And I created something instead of curriculum vita. I created something that I called a necessarium vita. <laughs> and the whole idea was for me to write some kind of a cover letter and but cover letter with a story where I invite the you know HR or interviewer to my world in relation to the job needs or or the company or the brand or whatever and I, w- I would really spend so much time writing different letters for different companies that I'm picking, that I find that I, I might be able to, to work with. So I think that's the principle. And again, to, to borrow a, a line from Maya Angelou, she said something like, people will forget what you said or what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And this is a very important principle because you, you don't want to just talk about your strengths and what you can do. By inviting them to your world, you want to make them feel that they can work with you. You want to make them feel that your story means so much to you that the message works for them. That's the principle. And yeah. that's the important of, importance of structuring your story, working on your story. And I think every one of us must have like a signature story and structure it in a way flexible enough that you can tell it to so many different people that they can resonate with. I think this is a very important exercise that all of us, we have to do. Like, what's my story? And, And trying to, you know what, the way I understand this is that we were embracing what I would call personalism. In the sense that we we don't think that we think it's necessary, of course, but we don't think that it's essential to tell or to say in your CV that you know Excel. Everybody knows Excel, right? But also, you don't want to go to the other direction, which is I'm responsible, I'm committed, I'm honest. Sure, but show me that. Show yeah. me that you're effective in Excel. Show me that you can work in groups, in teams. Right. And knowing your story, specifically the highlights, it's a good way of showcasing those abilities you said you have, those skills, right? Hard or soft. And the way I think about it is that you want to have like a a trailer of your life, like clips. Yeah. Yeah. 
and, and you want to think of okay so you you can take something so you you think you're good in dealing with customers great now think about what situation in your life showcases that where you where you felt damn and good <laughs> damn and the best dealing with customers think about that and think about how would you tell or how would you explain your skill based on that story and the flows and how you overcame those flows or those obstacles i think yeah. that's important by the way i just want to quickly make a, an announcement if you guys are interested in in some of these principles we explore them in our course which we call supersonic creativity and the whole idea of that course is how to boost your creativity using your conversation so i'm going to leave a link in the show notes just make sure to to check it out and one of the principle is what you just talked about show me what you mean we call it like show right. me what you mean and we give a proper demonstration on how to do that cool so interview inject invite now we have something cool interrupt and this sounds like something like who are you serious like no you shouldn't interrupt people while while speaking or so how how should we get that what's the principle here right the principle is be sure you interrupt but it's <laughs> it's not an issue of rudeness yeah in the way that we think about it you want to interrupt rather the flow of the conversation or the direction that it tends to take right you yeah. want to make sure as we we've been saying at the beginning that you are not the only one being asked all the questions you want to question back right so we were just talking about integrating your flaws with your stories i think this is a common question that often comes up what are your flaws what, what do you think you can improve about yourself, right? And What's those are weakness? tricky questions, yeah. right? What, what are your weaknesses? And so you have two ways to go about it. One is to, to integrate it with your story, right? And, and to show how you, you had that weakness, how you've been working with it. But another way is to address it upfront. So what are your weaknesses? Or oh, have you experienced this? Have you have you been disorganized in, in the past? How have you dealt with it? And you ask for advice, which is yeah. something. And I that's that. when the person will say, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah, because you're integrating and then you're showing your flow in your story. But then you're asking a reflective question where the other person can, you know, even you're seeking advice, maybe like, have you ever felt that? Like, and if yes, how did you deal with it? And what does that tell about yourself? That you are someone who's up for learning. Mm. That you're someone who can take a word of criticism. Someone who's willing to put in the effort to learn. Yeah. And that's something interviewers often seek. Someone who can hear and who can improve eventually. I have a quick story to tell you in relation to interrupt. And I think this will make also will give us another perspective on the value of interruption in communication. One of my mentors once taught me a, a great lesson on that. And I remember we went to play pool after a full day workshop 
on the art of communication and negotiation. And this guy, his name is Jonathan, is one of the most captivating presenter ever. Like you can't miss a word from what he says. And obviously, you know, I was looking up to him. And at the same time, I wanted to challenge him. You know, I was young and I want to challenge him. I want to show him that then I'm, I'm good. And I mean, you should, have, you should have seen my face. I was filled with pride and joy when I had one last ball to beat him. So here I am on the, on the billiard uh, table and I had one last mm -hmm. ball to beat him. And I'm proud and almost arrogant. I'm bragging about it and telling him that's my space. You know, you, you've got your workshop, but that's my space. I'm the winner. And I remember I took this stick and before kicking the ball, Jonathan screamed. He screamed and he fell down and he was like, cramp, cramp, cramp. I have cramp in my leg. I have cramp. And I went over to him like, what's happening, man? And he, oh my, this is an old leg, man. I have a cramp. And we, we, we stayed for like five minutes trying to, to help him out. And after that, he felt better and he, he went back to the game. And that's how I lost my shot and lost the game. <laughs> and he, he taught me up. a great, he, he, he won the game. And basically what he did, he did the cramp scene on purpose. He interrupted my flow of winning the game. It was all a prank. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I was like, see that. So he taught me a lesson while playing the pool. And it's a great strategy in communication because you have to interrupt in order, as you said, to redirect or refocus the communication to your purpose, his purpose, you wanted to win your purpose. You want to make an impression. You want to say, what the hell are you? Right? Like you have a specific pur mm -hmm. purpose when you're going to an interview, you make sure you interrupt to redirect the conversation. Okay. Right. So, and the last one we have is integrate, which we've been talking all along. And I think in simple terms, it means integrate all the above, integrate your personality, what you know, your story with the company, with the culture, with the person, like research the purpose with the person, even with the space. So when you go to, a, to an interview, make sure you are observant, look for details that you can inject in your story. So for example, if your story is about precision and how precise you are and how meticulous you are in your work, and you notice that, I don't know, the interviewer is, is wearing some fancy or non-commercial watch, use that, right? Use that. Or if you notice right. something like a painting, and, and by the way, that's the value of being cultured. You might notice a book that you can open a conversation on. You might notice, uh, I don't know, something that you fancy. So that's the power of integration. Do you know what I'm thinking about? We often hear about people who can read the room, right? Mm. Who just go into a place and, you know, everybody's look turns to him. And what, what I think integrate means is now that you have the knowledge now that you have your story, now that you've worked on that self behind the mask, it's time to develop that more than sensitivity, that sensuality 
in, in which you move in the world, right? So you want to be very aware of of the space of whatever is going on around you, of the interviewer. You want to, so if you think you're confident, make sure you can greet the other person like a confident man, right? With a mm. tight hand and, and a smile in your face and looking always in the eye. So I think this is, this is the crown of all you can learn and practice in a job interview. And it's something that requires practice. And it's not the first thing you, you should think about in, in a sense. It's like, it's the reward if you want to see it that way. But it's, it's very important to, to, you know, to become sensual in, in that sense with yeah. the world and the interview you're about you're about to participate in, not only to, to have. Yeah. yeah. And I guess to circle back to our first point, I think that's the value of philosophy because philosophy makes you an integrator of everything around you, of your knowledge, of somebody else's knowledge. So you become an integrator of everything. And I think that's the power, you know, of, of, being engaged and thinking philosophically. And we were having, I mean, we, we took longer than expected in this episode, but just a quick note, we were talking about what would be an ideal interview if someone wants to work with us at Ideas on Trial. And we tried to imagine what they would say, right? Like how would they challenge us? And you came up with some interesting, interesting ideas. You, you want to talk quickly about them? Right. Sure. Yeah. So I wouldn't be interested in someone who would tell me, yeah, I think philosophy is important. I think ideas are crucial. I think we need to analyze things in the culture. Don't care. But if you come to me telling me, you guys are in a war, right? Mm. (laughs) Stop, stop, stop. stop. uh, You know what? That's the power line. You guys are in a war, in an intellectual war. That's the power line. You gave me a power line. I would always remember you, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something like that. You guys are in a war. You're taking the trouble to give the hard fight against ideas that, you know, people just accept as given. And you are willing to, to make the effort to even incommodate some people to make your point. Mm. I want to have some of that. Mm. Now I hire you. Now, now I want to be your friend more, more than hire you. I want to be your Actually, friend. you told me something more. You said, you said something like, how would it look like if this person, she came to us and she challenged us and she challenged some yeah. of the episodes. She ch- even she challenged our mission. Like... I don't think people are interested in these ideas. I I think people are interested more in safe ideas and, you know, undisputed ideas. And, but then offer or invite herself to our world and say, you know what, but I believe in your fight and I want to try to touch people's lives. So now we're like, hmm, there's something interesting about that person. Even if she doesn't have any skill, I, I don't give a damn. Her skill was her ability to integrate her ideas, her beliefs with ours. 
and which is something that not a single certificate, not a single job experience, not even college can give you. Mm. Because that's a work. Building yourself is a work you do on your own. Yes, absolutely. And that's why the line from Vendetta is, is powerful. Behind this mask, there are ideas and ideas are bulletproof. All right, let's draw a line here. Thank you so much for our listeners and friends for sticking around and giving us your support. It was a fun discussion, right? It was a fun discussion. And, you know, we're, we're always getting so many different ideas, which is so exciting. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, those of you who are new, please subscribe to our podcast and make sure you share your feedback with us. Uh, you can go to our website, ideasontrial.live and just leave a note. And see you next week. Bye-bye.